This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Hello, witches. <laughs> what are we drinking today? I feel like we should all cheers because we're together. And it's a universal. Cheers. We're all drinking the same thing. Wow. Who's in the room? No one knows. Who's in the room? Oh, we're drinking. Mystery guest. It's bad luck to cheers and not I know. Drink. I cheers and set down my glass. <laughs> Off to a great start, friends. We haven't podcasted in a while. We're just getting back into the groove of things it feels great but we're on episode two so that means we're moving along that's true so we made it through the first one progress and growth which is what we're all about here what are we actually drinking we're drinking grape juice wine grape juice wine (laughs) um it smells like communion wine it's exceptionally sweet friends i can't stress to you enough how much like syrup (laughs) this wine is like me i'm not mad about it it's grape jelly (laughs) Oh, who's that? There's a guest room in the room. Oh, am I not supposed to be here? (laughs) Welcome back, friends. Episode two, we have a very special returning guest. This lovely human was screwed out of good audio the first time we had her. And we have since grown and learned and progressed. We're no longer baby podcasters. We're no longer baby podcasters. We have skills now. And girls only want podcasters who have great skills. So, did you say girls only want podcasters that have good skills? Yeah. That's all we care about. From Napoleon Dynamite? (laughs) Oh, I didn't get that at all. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea where this quote was coming from. I should have done it in character, not doing it in a voice. I see how that was confusing. Can we hear your Napoleon Dynamite voice? My Napoleon? Hey, Tina. (laughs) Tina, you fell, Lord. Come get your dinner. Fun fact about Napoleon Dynamite, Shale and I know the lovely gentleman who created it. Very very loosely. The Bird Brothers from Sam and Idaho. Did you not know them? No. Or know of them? They were quite a bit older than us. But Napoleon Dynamite was their like BYU film project, fun fact, and then MTV picked it up and it became a real movie. I didn't know that at all. That's a fun fact from our little town in Idaho. I don't know if they were actually from Salmon, but um, one of their wives is, and I knew her from dancing at Backstage Dance. That's a really deep Salmon Idaho callback, if any of you are listening. If I'm wrong, please don't correct me. It's a fun fact that I have used as a party trick multiple times. I mean, yeah, it works for you. (laughs) Okay, so joining us today (laughs) is our lovely friend Sam from Toil and Trouble. Hello. AKA the best soap business in the world. Best soap biz ever we love sam sam's fabulous <laughs> she's um, our best friend now <laughs> we did the thing where we make everyone be our real friend in real life so you're gonna hear a lot of familiar voices in season three and we're gonna dive deep this is a season where we're gonna bring you voices you know and love and trust and go a little bit deeper and explore some some heavier topics some different ancestry topics. there's still gonna be some humor in there don't worry roanoke and will be back also, we're really funny, too, so. That's true. We, we honestly, Moonlight is comedians. I don't know if any of you know that. Okay, we don't, <laughs> but we want to. 
uh, once I thought I wanted to do stand-up, but it was very fleeting because I don't, I like telling jokes in podcast land where I can press publish and then I can listen to it back and be like, hmm, that was a funny joke. You I don't made. have like live Self, people laughing. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have to worry about if it didn't land on your, you know, morning commute, you right. didn't laugh at it. That's not going to break my heart the way that a silent audience at stand-up would. Honestly, crickets <laughs> would be devastating. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of diving deep, before we get too carried away, let's visit our old friend, the Tattoo Tarot from the lovely Lana Zelda of Eight Coins. Ooh, that was a good That's one. That's a good one. This deck is nice and broken in. She has Finally. read us to filth all summer. Yep. And <laughs> we're just going to keep it up. So let's just think about our topic today. That nobody knows but us. Ooh, that was a jumper-ish. Ish. Who is she? We'll take it. I mean, we might not want to. It's ten of wands. But we're gonna take it. Better than swords. True. That's true. I agree. It's still a bird impaled by multiple things, but... It is a very aggressive ten <laughs> of wands. We're gonna go with it. Ten of wands. Ten of wands. Oh, ten of wands. Okay, just looking at this. Looking at this card, thinking about this as it sits here. Ten of Wands typically comes as a warning, but I think that's more ominous than it needs to be. Sorry, those words were poor. We're just going to read it. Ten of Wands <laughs> speaks to us about overexertion and burnout. There is a high potential for pain and suffering when we ignite too many fires at the same time. Our daily energy and willpower are limited. While we may want to take on a thousand tasks, and perhaps we are even asked to, it is not always possible. A raven falls from a web of intricately woven patterns. He has dropped all of the wands he was carrying and spirals completely out of control. He has taken on more than he can handle, and now he is unable to catch the wind under his wings. Learn to recognize the signs that you may be spreading yourself too thin or biting off more than you can chew. It may be time to cut some dead weight and lighten your load. Free yourself from responsibilities that are not helping you. Say no if you need to and limit your activities to the ones that truly matter. Most importantly, ask for help if you need it. I feel like that's a very good card to go into the fall and winter months with. Yeah. It's very seasonally relevant because that is what this season represents is looking more inward, looking more introspectively and how we can shed what no longer serves us and lean into the restful darkness. For sure. Mm -hmm. And in the world of seasonal depression, it can be really tempting to overschedule yourself in an attempt to just stay busy and never be alone with your own brain. Mm. And feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> so we all just need to be mindful of that, that silence and rest is not a bad thing. Um, and there can be a lot of productivity in doing absolutely nothing. So um, I also just think this is funny <laughs> coming into this season um, for us personally on a podcast level, because the reason we have pushed our start date back so much further than it normally is of Samhain is because of these reasons right. of, <laughs> of being burned out. And we were like, you know what, let's not give ourselves a deadline that is going to stress us out that we might not be able to make. Let's set a realistic expectation with our listeners so we can bring you 
an amazing season three. To clarify, we weren't burnt out of the podcast. It was burnt out of like a whole bunch of other things going <laughs> on in life. Existing. <laughs> you know. We love the podcast still. Yes, we do. So much so that this season is going to be even longer as well. So we're excited to dive in. But without further ado, let's talk about what we're talking about today. We're talking about something that we have referred to as the gateway drug of magic. <laughs> And that is candle magic. Woo. Woo. Candle magic. That was a lighter occasion, though. Do you hear that flame? (laughs) Wow. Um, Candle magic. What is it? What's candle magic? Candle magic. Quite simply. If you were in an elevator with somebody who's only known candles as something you buy at Bath and Body Works and, like, light to make your bathroom smell better. That's not, no shade. I worked at Bath and Body Works for many years. Oh, yeah. I can say Mahogany that. Teakwood. Oh, so favorite. good. Not sponsored. <laughs> not, not sponsored. Um, candle magic. I would say it is an encapsulation of all four elements. So it's kind of your one-stop shop for, you know, um, magical intention. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So you have uh, the air element feeding the oxygen of the fire. Wax is solid, like earth. And then the melt of the wax is your liquid like component as well so and then the flame (laughs) is obviously the flame right right (laughs) duh (laughs) our fourth most important element yeah i think candles holding all of these four elements makes them such an accessible and really powerful tool Mm -hmm. they're cheap they're not hard to get a hold of um you can really dress them up however you need to to set your intentions to fit what you're working with and we'll go into much greater detail on that later um but yeah candle magic i feel like is it's the easiest way to dip your toe into energy work and see immediate results and they're Mm -hmm. super easy to make yourself if it's ever something you want to get crafty and put your own intention into something candles are one of those crafts that are very easy to do on your own and relatively not feel like you're Overexerting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I think that's what inspired me to kind of start getting into candle magic because that uh, overhead is so, you know, casual. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I was noticing, you know, I'd go to thrift stores because I love thrift stores and mm-hmm, being able to see just like all the, the candles that people donate and just taking those for ritual purposes. Like what I, you know, am able to spend $1 as opposed to the 25 or however much it is for like a retail space, you also have that intention built into it. So it's like, you're giving this object a new life. Oh, I love that completely. Especially because you're, yeah, you're imbibing your shopping trip with so much intention too. Mm -hmm. Like there's magic from the second you step out of your car and decide to go look for these items and breathe new life into them that I think is just really cyclical and beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, if people are familiar with like the Danish practice of Huga, it's like the H-Y-G-G-E is how it's spelled. Oh. It's basically the art of coziness. And that's also why Denmark is one of the happiest countries in the world, because they literally have a whole entire tradition around coziness. Um, so Denmark, if you want me to move there, please accept me. Um, <laughs> Take us. What was it called again? Huga. Huga. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's really beautiful because they talk a lot about the use of candles um, because the flickering of a flame and like that level of luminance 
mm-hmm. versus, versus things like a fluorescent light, for example, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, is actually very calming to the nervous system and helps ground us and bring us into that space. So candles just have that ability to not only for ritual, but to just bring us into presence and to help bring that calming grounded sense that we need mm-hmm. to function better. Yeah. So let's talk more about that in, um, in practical terms of just like day-to-day existence, right? Like candle magic can be really bold and beautiful and intense. And we can talk about um, a ritual Sam and I did that would fall under that category, I believe. (laughs) But we also, candle magic can just be that simple as I want to, I need to feel better just in general, initially, Mm -hmm. in this moment. Like the first thing I do when I get home is I turn off all of the overhead lights. I light the candles. I light the battery candles that are on the mantle. Like they still have the luminous. Yeah. Yeah. You set your ambient light and that changes the energy of your room. And that by itself is already really powerful magic. Absolutely. I feel like even the vibe lights, you know, the ones that are powered by, uh, your, you know, Google Home or whatever, not sponsored again. Um, <laughs> we could wish. <laughs> you could still set that intention and like the the color theory and having that completely create a mood in your home. Ooh, talk more about color theory. <laughs> uh, as a rainbow witch, I love color. Yes. <laughs> I love it so much. And I, I definitely believe that, you know, if you're trying to garner some sort of energy, you can do so in your fashion by wearing a certain color you know, in terms of candle, candle, candle magic, um, you can set your intentions based on the spell and orient that around the color. Do either of you have experience with more color theory in your practice? I don't know if I've been as intentional about specific colors. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the one that's most obvious to me is green. Oh, (laughs) right. As somebody who's a green witch or I guess it can go two ways. Like if you're looking to invite more abundance into your life, like green's often associated with money, but it's also associated with like the natural world and growth and the production of plants. And so I think that's probably like the extent to what I've done with it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, not that I'm like a uh, super into aesthetic or anything, but like, even when I wear like black, I just like that color on me. Like I feel powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you want to feel more like airy, summary I feel like white is a good go-to but yeah I think that's something I want to use as more of an intention going forward is how do I use more intentional color in my life (laughs) yeah personally with regards to color theory and candle magic I would say I tend to operate on a thrift witch budget before I care so much about the specifics of color because Mm -hmm. I believe there's so many other things you can do to aid and to strengthen your candle in addition mm-hmm. to it just being colored. So I think totally. if it's hard for you to find materials, if budgeting is something you're working with, like, no, you don't need to spend your entire Sunday scouring your town for gold taper candles. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're desperate to do gold is also another one for money, right? Mm-hmm. Money, attraction, solar magic, gold's good. If you're trying to work with the astral plane at all, I think white is still just, it's easy, it's accessible, it's cheap. You can get white seven-day candles at the grocery store for a dollar yeah. that you can dress yourself. Yeah. Um, you can add your own color. You can food color your candles to get there. So I think, Sharpie. Um, yeah, like I think getting overly hung up on the color of the wax itself is, it, I mean, it's it's what we talk about all the time, right? Like you can buy all the shit. It's not going to make your spells work. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so your intention and your energy, I think at the end of the day is more important than any of that. But it doesn't hurt if you've got the time 
to boost your signal a little bit, so to speak. Of course. It's it's just another tool in the arsenal. Like you're already using the candle as a divination tool. Um, the color of the candle can add additional, you know, manifestation to your spells, uh, but it's not all centered around that. And being resourceful and looking at what you have, you know, you mentioned gold candles. Okay. You know, you can't find a gold candle, then put something very meaningful, intentional, that's like gold plated on your altar or put it around the candle with that intention. And there's always a way to kind of create these manifestations without having to break the bank. Totally. Yeah. And we're using a lot of terms like divination and um, intention and stuff like that. And we do recognize that we have a lot of newer listeners that have joined us throughout the hiatus we had from season two to season three. And so just as a plug, um, if you all are wondering or maybe newer to the path and are wondering what these terms mean, you can definitely go back to our coming out of the broom closet episode three in season one. Um, and we talk about these terms a lot more. So just wanted to offer that. Okay, so you might be wondering why we brought our soap-making friend on our candle magic. Because she's a jack-of-all-trades. Because there's nothing this witch can't do. Wow. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> so let's talk about this new offering from Toil and Trouble, which are these fabulous ritual candles that you truly have to see them to appreciate all of the intention and work that goes into creating these. Like, nobody is doing this the way that Sam is doing this. And I think there's just so much, there's so much room for growth in this particular market as well. And I just think, I think this is so fun. And what I love about this is that we're also going to talk about how she makes them and this process and like how accessible something like this can be for you too. And you can just make your candles and make your magic and do all the beautiful things and you can get Sam's gorgeous candles. So let's talk about how this started. Like when, what was the first ritual candle that happened? Like, how did that process go? Uh, the process, like many things in my life started because of TikTok. <laughs> it um, has taken over her life. I love days. TikTok. Not sponsored. <laughs> so via TikTok, I saw this like trend going around about how to make bendy candles. thought it was super cool, but you know, like I always enjoy building intention in what I do, especially craft wise. And, you know, going to like a Hobby Lobby, for instance, uh, to get a candle just to make these like aesthetic looking candles seemed kind of like a, I don't know, it's not where I wanted to put my money, honestly. Mm -hmm. So as mentioned before, you know, when thrifting, seeing these candles, seeing so many taper candles, little imperfect, little chipped or what have you, but perfectly able to, you know, reinvigorate with like another aesthetic that's that's kind of the direction it went for it. Uh, seeing something that could take new life and then making something really fun and quirky and special out of it. Yeah, which is something yeah. I when we reflect back on season one. So Sam was our very first guest on mm -hmm. season one, um, and I remember just having a really beautiful conversation around you putting that same type of intention into your soap making and mm -hmm. how you can recycle the fat from uh, restaurants that like from meat that people use and would that would otherwise go into a landfill and be wasteful. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just really admire that about you, how you can find something that is just not getting the love it deserves mm -hmm. <laughs> and make it into something so intentional and so beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so kind. Yes. 
It reminded me of something else, but I lost it. No. Hmm. <laughs> it was relevant. It'll yeah. come back at some point. Was it about TikTok? No. It's no. about you. No. <laughs> Making soap intentionally. Right, right, right. I don't know. I'll think about it. We'll next move question. on. Next question. Next yeah. question. Um, so what do you look for? Are there some candles that work better than others? Mm -hmm. How does, I mean, I know thrifting is totally a luck of the draw yes. kind of game. So yes. are there particular things that you're just like looking out for as far as wax quality? Because mm -hmm. I feel like all candles are not created equal they're in not. this world either. Uh, they're not. And, you know, pretty ironically, like the more naturally based candles are very difficult to bend. <laughs> so I've noticed oh, anything that's like high beeswax, it just snaps right in half, hmm. um, which is kind of like the fun of this game too. It's not only do I get to play the lottery, go to a thrift store and try and find any candle that would work for this craft, but then when you're bending it, it's luck of the draw. As you mentioned, it's very likely that some will break in the process, but that's kind of the fun of it where it's if I'm spending, you know, X amount on a, a grab bag full of candles and several of them get broken in the process, it's no harm, no foul. I, not to get like extra woo about mm -hmm. that. I know, I'm kind of feeling like <laughs> But I'm going to get woo about that. <laughs> um, like none of those candles were, those weren't going to be ritual candles. There wasn't magic to be had there. That the, like your intention wasn't, not, but like your intention wasn't clear, but like mm -hmm. that feels... That feels like something you can very, like, you can accept that as a reason, like, yeah. as far as moving on from quote-unquote failure in a process, right? Right. Like, it's that like, flow. It's that letting go of something that wasn't meant to be and being okay with it every yeah. time you go through this process. Well, I'm a Virgo, so I can't fully let anything go. <laughs> Uh, to the extent feasible, I guess. Yeah. But see, but you've done really interesting things where sometimes Sam will will double dip her candles in additional wax to heal them or to you'll dress a certain crack with herbs and you know, double dipped wax. So you don't see those imperfections anyway. I just it's You're a wax doctor. It's, <laughs> it's so sweet. It's fabulous, yes. truly. Yes. Well, yeah, thank you for saying that. <laughs> I, I do see, you know, it's not an imperfection. It's not a bug. It's a feature. And I agree with you when those flaws kind of appear. It's kind of, it's fun for me to lean into that. It's much like an artistic process where if you're drawing with a pen, you don't get an eraser. So you just make it part of the drawing. I don't know. Oh, thought. I love that. <laughs> That's like we were making chalkboards for Shale's Halloween party today. <laughs> this is coming out later than Samhain, but Shale's having a murder mystery party tonight, and it's going to be dope, y'all. It's going to be so fun. It's going to become an annual tradition, and I'm so excited it's about gonna it. It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> but we were making chalkboards, and my chalkboard pen exploded, and there was nothing I could do but make that work. So we changed our font to look extra bloody and gory, and we finished the chalkboard, and it was fine. So, it's... Which it worked out because it's a murder mystery yeah, party. So. Perfect it should look a little bloody and gory. And that was just the beauty of it. Exactly. Yes. That's what I enjoy about Halloween, like the season of Halloween. When you think about Christmas, oh, it has to be so pristine and ready to go and perfect. Oh, white Christmas. Halloween. And Halloween's a mess. It's a mess <laughs> and I love it. Fabulous. <laughs> Which is what's kind of beautiful about it being associated with Samhain and like yeah. the, the, the Witch's New Year, right? Like it's so messy, but like it's okay because we're starting a new chapter. Totally. Right? Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yes. We yeah. told you we were getting intentional and uh, introspective on this season. So here we are. <laughs> exactly. Embrace your flaws. Take the lesson of the Ten of Wands and dump him. <laughs> yes. 
There's your perwitchin slip, ladies and gentlemen. She got so close to the microphone. Girls, gays, and days, there is your perwitchin slip today. I'm not going to give you one at the end. It was there. Write it down. That's the one. <laughs> so what does this process look like when you're creating candle alchemy in your kitchen? Mm. Like, what are you... Like, take us through the mania of creation. The mania of creation. Well, as I mentioned, I can't let anything go. So those candles that were fractured in the process do get melted down. Nothing goes to waste. I was going to ask if they just kind of go right back into the cycle. They process. do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to see the, like, concoction, the witch's brew of all these various candles becoming one, you know? So I, I love a cluster. Um, <laughs> polyamorous clusters. <laughs> what else? Starting this process, yeah, the that thrill of finding a grab bag and just being super psyched to like have all these beautiful candles. I find a lot of red, white, and green ones, which I'm assuming has to do with like holiday Holidays. seasons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but depending on where you go, you you never know what you're gonna find. Like it's, I found gold candles, blue candles, so many different types out there, and I think it's just a direction of wherever the spell I'm writing is going. So if I'm finding a purple candle, then we're talking about intuition. We're talking about third eye practices, um, trusting yourself. It can go, you know, as far as you make it essentially. But I, I like reading into that. So I think that's a good segue into the different types of colors or the different types of candles that you can use and, and like the the intention you can set with them. I think it'd be awesome if you kind of gave us more introspection into what that looks like. In terms of like associations of colors. Yeah, and... like the correspondences. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Uh, I, I think it depends on the magical praxis, practices you use. Um, obviously, in the Western world, color connotation can be different depending on your culture. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, you know, whatever speaks most clearly to your ancestry and your spirit is the way to harness the energy of that color. Um, so, you know, in terms of how I look at the color orange, for instance, like I think in many um, Wiccan texts, it says blue is the color for like Jupiter, but I always associate orange with Jupiter. So that whenever I'm, you know, trying to use the energy of that planet, uh, I use orange. It is a very orange planet. Like right? when, I, when I think of blue, I'm thinking of like Pluto because Pluto is still a planet. I don't care what anybody says <laughs> or like those kind of farther out there planets. Yeah, like Uranus and Neptune are both very blue. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm. Jupiter's called the red planet. No, that's Mars. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But Jupiter has that big... The big red spot. The big red spot on it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Do either of you know anything about synesthesia? Mm -mm. No. No? Okay, so that is like... We can pull up the definition. However, (laughs) I'll summarize it as best I can. It's that idea of, you know, if you're associating with like a smell and a color together, or if you hear a certain song and you associate it with like a color or like, it's basically like combining two different senses in the way that you experience something. Mm. And I feel like magic is in a similar sense. Like I, it's, what does that mean? It's like November 4th, Thursday, and the number two all carry the same energy or whatever. Mm, mm-hmm. And that energy is orange. <laughs> and that energy is orange. Interesting. So there's actually something like that in herbalism and Ooh. the way that plants work. And it's called um, the doctrine of signatures. What? Okay. Let me double Here, check that. And I'm going to double check my <laughs> summary of <laughs> synesthesia. Everyone fact check. Yeah. Okay. I was right. 
So that's called the doctrine of signatures. And basically that's the idea in the plant world that a plant will look like the body part that it's meant to heal. So if you think of a walnut, like that's Mm -hmm. the best example, it looks like a brain and walnuts are naturally fatty. So they're good for your brain health. They contribute to the tissue building and all of that that goes on. Or if you think of like plants like mullein that have these big, wide, expansive leaves, mm-hmm. they tend to be like tall and more spindly in nature. And it's because they're really associated with the air elements. So naturally, there's something that is associated with your lungs and your respiratory system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really cool to see how these different practices and traditions all come together really synergistically like that. And The doctrine of signatures is something that has been studied for a very long time. It's not something that's like concrete set in stone that this plant, just because it looks like your heart is going to help your heart. I mean, there's some plants that could be toxic, right? Right. Um, But it is something that's really interesting to look at in nature and how it can really have that correspondence that are pretty in line a lot of the time. Yes. So that's a really good segue, Shale, because I want to, let's, I want to talk about dressing candles Mm -hmm. and what you can do to bring more intention, bring more magic to your ritual, to your candle, um, regarding certain herbs that you can, there are so many things you can dress candles with. You can dress them with herbs, you can dress them with oils, you can carve sigils into them. And I just, from an herbalism perspective, I'm curious, like how, like how you go about choosing specific herbs for specific types of candle magic. So I think it just goes along with kind of what Sam's talked about a lot is like what your intention is and what you want to get out of your spell or whatever you're doing with the candle. But one of the ways that I really like to dress the candle and a way I've been taught by my teacher is to create herbal oils that you, herbal infused oils that Mm. you use to dress your candle. So a lot of times like anointing oils will be used for their scent or you will put them on your body as a way of like bringing you into that transcendental space that you want to be in or that sacred space but herbs can work the same way. And so you can just infuse the oil under the moonlight is most preferred with a ritual oil because you get that lunar energy, that more sacred space type of a a feeling. But yeah, you can just, whatever carrier oil you would like to use, add the plant material and sometimes like essential oils if you want to have that aromatherapy aspect to it. But that's my favorite way to do it. Or you can literally just take a candle. This works especially well with tea light candles mm-hmm. and take dried herb and sprinkle it on top as your way of dressing your your candle as well. So I love that you talked about tea light candles because tea light candles are like some of the fastest, easiest candle magic you can do, right? They've got totally. a pretty limited burn time. Um, you know, you can sit and babysit that for an hour to two hours and really focus on that intention. Cleanup's really easy and you can get a pack of them at Target for like no money. <laughs> right. It's a great way. Zero money. Great, no money. If you just walk out the door, fuck capitalism, go steal your candles. <laughs> you, We're not you can also... stealing <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> you can also find tea lights at the thrift store. Oh, for just sure. FYI. Yes. And <laughs> they're always there. Them. Always, always. But yes, I, I think that's a good point, Cheyenne. And I think there are many different ways that you can go about using your candle magic. And as mentioned, you know, you can go with herbs, you can go with oil, you can do both. You can read the flame when you're lighting this and uh, knowing, you know, the candles I make are very intentional in the sense that if you do light them, you have to keep watch of them. Uh, They're shaped in very unique ways. So uh, leaving that unattended is not recommended. 
It's also good practice to not leave candles unattended, even if they aren't your beautiful ritual candles. <laughs> Fair. Safety first, everyone. We don't want to burn the house down. Yes. Uh, though, these are very witchy candles. <laughs> very witchy candles. And in researching, you know, how candle magic works, I was intrigued by how you're not able to blow out the candle. Uh, you'd either, you know, put it out with wet fingertips or use a snuffer or what have you because it's seen as an insult to the element by blowing it out. And so, I don't know, kind of understand as a baby witch, it's intriguing to me to learn the traditions of how to use the candles themselves. Yeah. Or and I've just another like, level of respect too, of like yeah. where these different traditions of, of not snuffing things out comes from. And from a very logical perspective, I can tell you having sold candles to the masses for mm. a very long time in a retail setting, you're also not supposed to blow out your candle because it knocks off the ash of your wick and it can fuck up how your candle burns because oh, um, okay. your wick won't cool the way it's supposed to and it'll actually shorten it. Um, so there are like lots of very practical reasons why you do that too. And mm -hmm. so it's interesting when all of those things intersect too and like what we yeah. take from ritual and then turn into just, oh no, we just, this is how you do it because right. it's better for the health of the candle, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it really has deeply pagan origins. <laughs> Or I've heard too, it's also seen as like blowing your intention away or mm, yeah. blowing your wishes away. And so when you think about like birthday candles, is that maybe why our wishes never came true? <laughs> My wishes never came true because consistently for about five birthdays, I would wish for 101 Dalmatian dogs. Specifically. I always wish for a unicorn. So. Every, okay. See, yeah. We're, <laughs> intention matters and we can't, you know, deny the laws of physics and biology and Owning too like, many dogs to be healthy. Here, people. You gotta work with me. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, okay, so Candle Magic 101, right? The beginning of all of this is determining your magical goal and setting an intentional, specific, and feasible goal <laughs> is most important, right? So yeah, very unrealistic things may not manifest in the way that you're hoping to. Like, yes. oh, I'm going to win the lottery. What is the likelihood of you lighting this candle making you like a lottery winner? Right. Zero. So um, actually using, you know, like the power of your language and the intention behind it in your candle work is very important. An example of that that I've used um, actually on my desk, we have a very melted example of the candles that I typically use. But um, in this age of Zoom and we were working from home a lot, if I ever had a meeting that I was like nervous about where I was like, I just really need uh, clarity or I really want to be articulate in my language, or I feel like something might be a little bit confrontational or something like that. My intention in setting a candle, I would use a black candle often to as a, a way of eliminating barriers, right? Or eliminating negative energy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so before my Zoom meetings, I would have a little bit of a witchy time where I would set that intention into the candle and say, hey, I really want this meeting to go well, please assist me in that effort. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so that would, that would be the way I would use it in that regard. And it was a realistic goal, I guess. <laughs> well, and I think that's how, like nine times out of 10, that's how we are using candle magic, right? That's what mm -hmm. we're doing. That's what magic is, right? It's these small, mundane, everyday things that we're doing to kind of boost ourselves, boost our own power um, yeah. and raise our own vibe and kind of move along that way. So I think that's such a good example because so often we want magic or ritual or spell making to be like big booms and like mm -hmm. thunder starts crashing. Yeah. <laughs> like from on high, the big voice. And 
you know, or, or really clear, like physical symptoms. Um, and I'm actually there and there are some physical symptoms and we can talk about like what reading a candle flame actually means when you're sitting down in front of, you know, the magic that you've created. But yeah, I just think that's a, it's a fun reminder that like, not everything has to be so crazy serious all the time too. Most of the time, all we need is like just a little confidence boost to help get right. through. <laughs> and that's what we're using it for. Yes. It's the ritual of it all, honestly. And that's why I love it. You know, that's why it's so accessible to me too. It doesn't have to be perfect. And, you know, these candles are not perfect. <laughs> and the candles that you may dress and, you know, do your own rituals with may not be perfect, but that's okay because it's all about the energy it's bringing to you. So let's talk a little bit about uh, these candles in action. Um, and I'm talking about Sam's candles very specifically. She brought, we had a seance recently with Jeremy from When Walls Can Talk um, and a few members of our little extended Denver Instagram witch coven <laughs> that we've created here. Um, but Sam brought these beautiful dark blue knot candles that she had been working on, which was a new design for you that we were testing, both testing in just generic, you know, product beta testing of like, how do these burn? Can they like, <laughs> does this work? Question mark. <laughs> but we had this really lovely evening of ritual and intention setting and seance. And before we did, before we, you know, lit our individual knots, we all had really specific things that we verbalized that we were trying to let go of or barriers we needed erased or insecurities we were trying to overcome. And we would speak those out loud to each other and to spirit and, uh, you know, whoever, whoever wants to help. And then we would light our individual candle and as a group, you know, so mode it be and then move on to the next. And it was just a really lovely, it was a really lovely ritual to do in that group. But then it was, it was so fun and engaging and interactive for the entire evening because we had them on the table and we had them in a drip pan. So they would all, you know, drip carefully and safely and all of that, but we would, you know, be in circle over in the living room and then we would all look over and be like, who, like whose who's wish has been granted? Like whose <laughs> candle burned the fastest? Whose is still really struggling? Like what barriers are like really proving difficult to, to get past? And it was really, really cool to just see that physical manifestation of it too. And to like, and to put those dots together when you see somebody's candle really struggling and you're like, this is something you really are trying to let go of that yeah. is not hard, like not easy to do. Mm -hmm. And like seeing that reflected in how the candle itself was burning was really interesting because all of these candles, we, which we lit at separate times, mm -hmm. but they all burned completely differently, completely different speeds. And they were all the same base. Yeah. Well, and I, what I love about that too, is that it shows the power of like a, a support system, right? So mm -hmm. Not only did you all get to share that experience together, but you can also have the opportunity to help infuse more intention to, into somebody's candle that is struggling or to be like, hey, I'm here as a lifeline if you if you need additional support. And to be able to have that in circle, I think is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the candle just can provide that like caveat to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And can confirm everyone who was there that night is seeing results of direct manifestations that we that we did. And we did a lot of them. We were covering all of our basis. We did every <laughs> ritual possible because <laughs> we needed the help. Um, 
but it's it's just really cool to keep checking in with each other afterwards too and to be like that's the candle like it's doing the thing um so i'm just curious how that experience for you as the maker was too of like do you feel that i know you're coming into a space of you know love and friendship and Mm -hmm. you know but just you're also a virgo so like your expectations versus reality of how that night went too and like experiencing your candles yeah i was intrigued at how everyone's candle was like you mentioned like very unique and different each person you know it was so reflective of what the intention was going in uh so I don't want to you know um, divulge what we shared in uh circle which was confidential but it, it was just really insightful to see you know certain intentions manifesting in the wax a certain way or the flame a certain way or what have you so to me it was very very exciting I I came in with Zero expect, no, one expectation. Uh, don't burn the house down. And, <laughs> which we almost did. Which we almost did. It happens didn't. anytime you let Cheyenne play with fire. I was going to say, uh, you got to be careful <laughs> with Cheyenne and flames because she literally almost lit one of my fake ravens on fire. No. He's actually out. He's downstairs. on the mantle right now. Yeah, he's, he's downstairs. He has the side of him that is burned to a crisp turned away. <laughs> but just so folks know, watch your flame around Cheyenne. Yeah. <laughs> I love candle magic, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Fire is intriguing, isn't it? it? Just to watch it. And I I think my fascination with fire is like also why I got into candle magic. Oh, totally. You know, I love looking at fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I, I mean, even I <laughs> sit in front of my electric fireplace. Yeah. And still like try to see things in the flames, right? Yeah. Like I'm still trying to read embers, even though the embers are always the same because they're plastic and they're fake. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's just something so... Like there's something so inherently magical about fire always. And let's actually, let's talk about what like reading a flame, like what a flame looks like um, and what that even means. Like what is reading a flame? Uh, First off, I would, I'd like to point out, you want to consider the mundane when it comes to any candle work. Um, Otherwise your readings will not be accurate. So paying attention to the conditions you're in, uh, noticing if there are drafts in the house, pointing the candle a certain direction, if the wick is too short or too long, that will yield specific flame results. So just knowing where to put your logical mind into this very intuitive space. Mm-hmm. Um, so practicing both sides of the brain and having you know the um, analytical scientific viewpoint in addition to believing in the magic and uh, respecting the energy at large. So first off, um, that would be my recommendation is, you know, like uh, the brain is so privy to suggestion I yes. guess is the word I'm looking yeah. for mm-hmm. yeah like especially if you're like desperate for an answer sure. of yeah. something too so I think and I think Sterling Moon gave good examples of that when she talks about staying in a hotel you may think is haunted it's yeah, like okay gotta... but like is the light bulb screwed in all the way how old are these wires like how long has this place been here it's the bullshit question you always gotta ask yourself could this be bullshit yes, yes. you remember that from Sterling <laughs> yes yes uh so that's like my little um disclaimer to this all and if you are seeking a specific answer through the manifestation candle like you have your answer you don't need you know like the magic to prove it to you 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 always have your own answers it's true if you just listen inside but that said (laughs) that said when you're looking at your candle uh you will keep an eye on if it's flickering or not you know if you see um constant flickering as this candle is being lit that could indicate presence of a spirit or an ancestor um this bell is invoking intense feelings perhaps so you know any of that kind of 
mild flickering, but once it becomes a jumping flame, you'll actually notice that this is a good sign. It's a reinforcement of magical intention and something that will manifest quickly. Have there been any candle moments either of you have experienced that were kind of wild? Before this podcast, we were talking about dual flames, which have to do with, uh, I don't know, I, I perceive that as like not fully integrating two polarities in within yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like good yeah. versus bad or binaries at large. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have had a, a an experience exactly with the flame itself that mm-hmm. I can think of that is standing out to me. Mm-hmm. I have a lot, I feel like typically I have a lot of really interesting things that happen with wax. Yeah. And like very Reading. quickly. Yeah. Where you're like, Oh, suddenly like there was nothing. And then there's some manifest blob that like happens really quickly and out of nowhere. And then there's a hole in the side of your candle and Oh my God, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's happened to me on the podcast before. Yes. Um, is that the one where you start screaming? Oh my God. I'm lighting my candle on fire. Again, don't be around Cheyenne flames. So another great example is I had my fake wax battery candles on the bath in the, like the side of the tub with me once, but I also had real candles lit. And then I looked over and realized there was a hole in my battery operated candle because the real candle is too close to it and was actually hot. And the battery candle is still made of wax and it melted a huge hole in the back. So that one's now facing the wall. Which is fine. Um, so yeah, I light things on fire. I'm probably not the right person to ask this question. You're literally like the everything's on fire. It's fine. It's fine. It's cozy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, lovely listeners. Are you desperate for even more toil and trouble? We hear you. So make sure you're following Sam on Instagram at toil and trbl. And check out her website, www.toilandtrbl.com, where you'll find her gorgeous soaps, ritual candles, magically crafted self-care, and so much more. We love Sam's products, and it's not just because we love Sam. (laughs) Make sure you're supporting all of our gorgeous guests, and thank you so much for listening. So what would be... Like, what would a weak flame represent then? Ooh, a weak flame. Uh, It could be that your goal is maybe not realistic or not achievable. It's an inefficient outcome, perhaps, or witnessing obstacles. Mm. Uh, If it is continuing on, it's weak yet steady. That could mean you do get the result you're wanting, However, it may not come immediately. Like there's potential for it. Yeah. But you have to put your timeline. It's going to be slow. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Whereas like a strong flame, for instance, would be your intention is successful. uh, Universe heard and would like to accomplish. It's pushing past barriers. And, you know, uh, in its most mundane, your wick is too long. (laughs) Um, So just being aware of like where to cut the wick. Um, Anything too short, for instance, will yield that weak flame. Right. So you want a good quarter inch wick. If you're Trust starting, the if you're starting any sort of candle magic, quarter inch is the agreed upon proper wick length. So what if you're using a wood wick? I think it's still a quarter of an inch because I've been experimenting. Although those are small, they tend to be shorter. Well, and I've been experimenting with them, and they burn just like normal wood, and they crackle and pop and all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy stuff. So 
I mean, it's beautiful to bring in that natural element into your practice, but maybe woodwicks aren't like meant for ritual candles. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's really interesting when you talk about things like popping and cracking, because in a ritual sense, popping and cracking is usually right. good interaction, right? Or this, like, the presence of spirit. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. You know, ancestors trying to communicate or spirit or, you know, anything coming through. It, it all depends on the nature of, you know, the conditions. Uh, if your wick is a little bit wet, it might pop too. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I like that though. I, I like looking at, at at your mundane alongside this, but also allowing yourself to suspend that disbelief too. Because I yes. feel like so many times when we go into ritual or magic making, we all know what outcome we're shooting for. We all know the, an you know, the answer you're searching for. It's typically the same thing when you, you feel so, I just did air quotes for the internet. Um, <laughs> you know, you feel so blocked or stuck in a decision, but you don't actually feel stuck or blocked in your decision. You know, the decision is what you need to make. It's just that one step of saying the thing out loud and being like, nope, I'm not happy. I want to leave or I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to do it without a safety net because that's like, I'm ready. Like, let's do something. Um, so it's just, it's an interesting thing to, to keep in mind your, your mundane, but also to give yourself that freedom to like, if that's what you need, if that's the thing that pushes you, if it's finally lighting that candle one night and you're like, yep, now I have the energy to go forth and make this happen. Yeah. Like that's real magic. Well, look at baseball players, like how many <laughs> oh my god rituals they do. And I feel like somehow Herbalist Shale always like sinks into these conversations. <laughs> um, naturally, but um, I feel like there's alignment in that in the tradition that I have studied in, which is the wise women tradition of like, even though I, I uh, claim the title of herbalist or like, that's how I see myself, I'll never use the term healer. And the reason for that is that I do not see myself as a healer. I'm a midwife to your healing. You yourself as the person I'm working with are the healer. All of us are our own healer, right? So we know our body the best. We know what is impacting us. We know what we need, but maybe you need tools and resources to help you get to that goal or to that end point or to that mode of healing. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that also is the way that this shows up is you know what you need. The candle is the tool to help you get to that goal or to help get that, pull that clarity out of you that you know you already have. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's 10 of wands popping in again too, yes. to be like, ask for fucking help too. Like, <laughs> You don't ever have to do all of this alone. It's okay to not be okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Most definitely. I think that's beautiful too, to kind of put those, like the trifecta into your ritual work. It's the spiritual aspect. It's the mental aspect, you know, or what it, you know, the spiritual getting over your mental and the physical need behind all of that too. So it's just, yes. yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's end this on a fun high note and let's, make some ritual candles together. Ooh, uh, yes. This is hypothetical ritual candles that will probably manifest themselves physically by the time you listen to this. Um, so head on over to our Instagram if you're currently listening to this at the appropriate time, i.e. the week it comes out. <laughs> week, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, because there will be some fabulous giveaways, but let's, yeah, let's just, let's play. Let's build some candles. Let's think about what what herbs we would suggest for each other, what wax colors we want, what we want to manifest for ourselves and our listeners. Okay. So if you're at home and you're trying to create your own candle magic, there are simple steps to achieve this. 
uh, determining your magical goal, like Cheyenne is talking about, designing your spell, so uh, having that herbalist perspective from Shale, cleansing the candle, also important, so using either a uh, smoke cleanse or a spray cleanse to reset your tools, and then charging them and blessing them with uh, the intention that you've already clarified. Always uh, important when you're getting thrift store magical materials to make sure they don't yeah. come home haunted. <laughs> it, yes, most <laughs> definitely. Get it out of there. Exactly. And then once you light that candle, you'll be able to read uh, your intention from that and see kind of the, the expected results. Uh, and then always saying thank you to any energies that were in your ritual at that time. So always be grateful. Always say thank you. And with that, uh, let's talk candles. Let's make a few candles. Does okay. anybody know where they'd like to start? Yeah, let's do something that I feel like goes hand in hand with candle magic, which is sex magic, babies. So if you want to do a candle to increase your intimacy, whether that is with a partner, with yourself, um, with multiple partners, I don't know your life, but whoever you want to get intimate with, uh, we're going to very basically start with a red candle, a red base. Red is the color of passion. Red is the color of vitality and sexuality and strength, courage, heart, power, protection, good health. Good shit is red, guys. True. Good shit. So <laughs> if I want to bend my sexy candle, what kind of shape would you bend a sexy candle into? <laughs> <laughs> I love how all of this just like immature and <laughs> Sexy candle. Should I say this? Should I not say this? We're all serious around here. Yes. Let's see. Bendy candles. Well, you know, I think that the shape can impact your spell and otherwise it could just be the aesthetic, you know? Um, so for instance, if you have like a loopy candle, could be that you're trying uh, to navigate an emotional roller coaster in your <laughs> yeah. love life, or you know, if you have kind of like a pregnant-looking candle, like I don't know, it it has this little belly bump to it. Could mean totally different intention behind that. Yeah, so, I think that's really cool, though. Or you can have a spiral red candle that's just I want to have real good sex with <laughs> decent consenting people and. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Swirly, swirly, swirl. Swirly, swirl. <laughs> yeah, I see that as like the joining of of love, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the embrace. Just that ebb and yeah. flow. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what herbs would we put on this candle? I love Damiana. I uh, We were just talking about how it smells so intoxicating, mm -hmm. like aphrodisiac. It's a heart opener. When brewed, it's uh, opening those psychic portals that uh, have we talked about Damiana tea? Yeah. And, and Damian is also one of those, like, you, it's a herb that you can use for smoke, smoking yes. or smoke cleansing. And it brings you into this very beautiful transcend, transcendental space. And it sparks creativity and that openness and, and that fluidity. Gorgeous. I love it. I love it. Sexy candle. Boom. Next candle. Next candle. So I think along with that too, and just after yet another kind of tumultuous year that we've had, 2020 was terrible. 2021 is a little bit better, but still kind of terrible. <laughs> Different kind of hot garbage. I think a lot of us are just in that stage of just kind of questioning who we are, what do we want out of our life, and maybe you're feeling like a lack of confidence. And so I'm feeling very called to uh, 
promote a candle that's around self-empowerment and that self-love and turning back inward and remembering who we are at our core and that we are beautiful, powerful, wonderful humans, right? And that we have so much to offer to the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that comes through in pink. Yes. Um, and so pink is really reflective. It's like rose quartz, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that, that, that very self-love energy that comes with it. Yeah. It's warm and comforting, womb-like, mm -hmm. um, you know, something with rose, I, like you said, rose quartz and pink and all of that, you know, adding that herb to kind of infuse it with additional love and romance for, you know, I, I think for yourself. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all need to take a self date sometimes. I love rose too, because it's this very heart opening herb, just as the rose opens, right? Mm -hmm. It brings that into your, your being and it just oh, it smells heavenly, right? So you can't good. feel love without without it, I feel like. Yes. <laughs> you just need rose to feel love, period. <laughs> Is there So that's a candle you could additionally scent too. We didn't really no. talk about adding scents outside of something in an herb capacity, which sure. like obviously rose counts as that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause you're scenting with your essential oils or your herb oils. And rose infused oil would be really beautiful to infuse under that lunar energy uh, and yeah. bring that, that mm -hmm. maternal energy into it yeah. too, right? And so when you're cool. adding the oil, the direction that you're like adding it can make an impact in your spell work, right? So like working up and towards the wick is moving that energy in a like very focused pointed direction. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love it. Gorgeous. Uh, so then I guess to complete everything, maybe- Our trifecta. Our trifecta. <laughs> um, I would suggest an obstacle removing candle uh, mm -hmm. just to reinvigorate that energy of the 10 of wands that we drew earlier having a candle in the knot shape that Cheyenne was talking about from our seance, it really does act as a cord cutter uh, in a unique way where you don't need the, you know, the two candles being held together with the twine. Um, it's more just like a one-stop shop of <laughs> candle. What I really appreciate about the knot candles, and this could be just how my own brain bias is interpreting cord cuttings as a ceremony, but I feel like a lot of times we focus cord cutting on relationship mm -hmm. type yeah. things, mm -hmm. um, whether romantic or otherwise. And I feel like what I love about the knot candles was, you know, what I wanted to banish, what I wanted to cut was very much inside myself. Yeah. Um, and so watching that progression of the wax melt and the wick change or the flame jump from different sections of the wick as it goes through that knot, um, I feel like is really powerful in, in that type of scenario. And it doesn't, I feel like anytime I've performed like a legitimate cord cutting, it has been in relation to someone. And so I like the knot candles in relation to yourself. And I know that's a broad strokes as far as cord cutting, you can use them for other things, Absolutely. but I feel like that's the example you always see is, you know, leaving abusive partnerships or work, you know, associations or family relationships. And a lot of times it's, it's focused on other people when you're cutting that. Mm -hmm. And to that point, we always talk like you and I, Cheyenne, have a lot of conversations around feeling stuck. Right. And, yeah. and just feeling like you just don't really see the next step sometimes. And so I, I can see it in that regard too, of your cutting of your cord is getting out of that stuck place and finding that empowerment again to take whatever next step that is, whether it is a relationship or otherwise. Yeah. Um, so I think that's another beautiful way to look at it. I love what it. color is this candle? Um, it could be a couple. It could. it could be. It could be a couple. I think like white is a nice, you know, uh, palette cleanser. So anybody can use it for any intention. 
Yeah, I think white is good. I'm trying to think of another. And then you can dress it however you need to. Absolutely. Blank slate so you can channel the, uh, Ooh, the cord cutting the that you're talking slate, about. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, very fun. Good stuff. I love this. Yes. I love candles. <laughs> Me too. I was very intrigued to learn how different colors and different like candle magic can correspond with weeks of the day and certain mm. planetary elements. And yeah, all talk of that more about stuff. that. Um, so, you know, we talked about white and we talked about lunar energy and Monday is associated, associated with white and silver. Um, so, you know, doing that cord cutting at the big beginning of your week, starting fresh, you know, there's always a time to do that. Um, what other colors did we mention? Pink being associated with Venus and kind of all the beautiful femininity. Sorry, I'm pointing at Sam's notes because this makes me laugh. Tuesday is what you have associated with red. That's the day of Mars. Yes. Um, but Tuesday very famously has no feels. Um, and Sam and I talk about this all the time of how Tuesday is just the most fucked up garbage day because <laughs> Monday, at least like you've got purpose, you've got intention. Wednesday's the middle of your week. Thursday's like pre-weekend, baby. We're so close. And Friday's Friday. Thursday has no fucking feels. Um, so I love that Tuesday is the day we need to be doing this sex candle magic because <laughs> what else are you going to do on a Tuesday? Tuesdays are for sex. You heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> With yourself or others. Tuesday is about intimacy now. Tuesday officially has feels again. Yes. Make Tuesday much better than it has been. I love it. So Sorry, final I cheated thoughts. in redhead. No, that's okay. Uh, final thoughts? I just hope that this is an episode for, for folks to be able to bring something like this. It's a simple practice to bring into your life, a simple mm -hmm. way to infuse intention. Um and it, we encourage you to have fun with it. Like, don't get too rigid, right? It's about mm -hmm. that fluidity. Sam's candles represent that so well because <laughs> so well. of their loop the We'll loopy post so many stuff. pictures of these. They're yeah. very good. And some of you will be very lucky and get some because they're fabulous. And I'm yeah. obsessed. Yay. And so, yeah, just have fun. Let go of any expectations and just allow yourself to be in that space of flow. Mm, yes, another Perwitchin slip. You've been yes. blessed this episode. <laughs> and thank, thank you, you, Sam. Sam. Aww. Aww, same <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thank you for researching in the diligent, <laughs> lovely way that your Virgo does. All Virgos do. <laughs> um, and hopefully, this audio is less garbage yes, than the first time. <laughs> I hope this is a redemption episode. Redeemed. Um, so I know we've been talking you. about candles, but yeah. <laughs> Where can you find your me? stove still slaps? Oh, yes. Still doing soap. Still doing that. Uh, in fact, we have worked on redesign of packaging. Thanks to Cheyenne. Uh, I love it. I'm in love with it. It's so good. Um, not to brag. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Toil and Trouble, uh, spelled T-R-B-L, uh, because we're quirky here. <laughs> and you can also find me on my website, toilandtrouble.com. We will link all of that below as well. And maybe if you keep your little ears and hearts open and wanting, we might have a Ouija Boards Midnight Marks collaboration bar mm -hmm. that you could treat yourself to in the very near future. But also don't forget, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, we will be offering a giveaway related to the candles that we just built tonight. So keep a lookout on our Instagram. Yes. Cheers, witches. Cheers. Cheers. Like. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. 
If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. Cheers.